If you didn't know, this is a podcast about football leadership. We drill down specifically into why decisions are made and how that affects the actual team. The management decision, as we know, questionable, is the final decision. And once it leaves him and goes onto the pitch, what really happens? Now, what we want to do, we want to look at the correlation here between football management and business management. It's the reason why Jose Mourinho and Alex Ferguson paid all that big money to come into those businesses and universities and speak about how their strategic movements and plans have been able to implement a strategy that's driven them to win leagues, titles, FA Cups, you name it, they've won it. So every week, me and my friend Ashley, we're going to be speaking about topics that are going on at the moment. Ash, you want to give a hello? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Perfect. Now, as I said, we're going to be speaking about different topics that go on, not just in the Premier League, but actually across other leagues as well. And I think it's really interesting here because we're in the office, we're around people and we're either leaders ourselves or we're being led by others. And are they making the right decisions and are we making the right decisions for our teams? And there's so much we can learn from these managers which are, which are doing it day in, day out. So I'm going to get the ball rolling here and I want to speak about an ex-manager of mine who is Antonio Conte for Chelsea. He came uh, as a manager from Ju uh, Juve, won the league there, which was just seen as... It's pretty simple for Juve. Came in for Chelsea, won the title in the first season, and it was seen as, oh, we weren't in a cup competition. So, you know, it was simple for him to do it. And then he went away uh, after having a bit of butt heads with people. And then he's gone to into Milan, and the title isn't tied up yet, but it looks like they could be breaking the run of Juve. So does... Conte deserve a bit of credit for what he's actually been doing. Ash, what are your thoughts? I think Antonio Conte is a great manager and he doesn't get enough plaudits. He Didn't he come to Chelsea and win the league in his first season? Exactly, exactly. But they said his because he was out of the season. cup. Yeah, because he was out of the cup, they said, oh, you know, it was simple to do that because everyone else is contracting other trophies. It wasn't simple to do that, though, was it? Because he inherited a team that was completely di dis like, like disillusioned with Jose Mourinho. They've all lost their heads. And he's come in. And the biggest, biggest turning point is that Arsenal game where I think you lost 3-0. And then you just went on the most craziest run ever and won 13 games in a row and ended up just tying up the title by, I don't know, six or seven points. Um, it didn't go so well for him the next year, but he still won the FA Cup. Yeah, and he got sacked after winning the FA Cup, which is just shows That's... the expectation of Chelsea, really, you know. But I think it's one of those managers that only has a short amount of time at a club before he starts rubbing people up the wrong way. Unfortunately, he is that sort of character. But yeah, listen, if you know, he's gone to Inter Milan, they're up against Juventus, who win it every year. Juventus still playing, still sorry, buying great players. You yeah. know, he's he's made Lukaku look like you know the best striker in the world. When at United, you know, he was well, he was on the fringes. Yeah, that that was going to be what I was going to talk about, like. Not just Lukaku, even Sanchez is banging in the goals. So, 
What is he doing? All of a sudden, Lukaku now is probably a top five striker in the world. And Sanchez is scoring. I mean, you wouldn't have had either of those two in the lineup for United with with their layout, their plan. Nah, and I still wouldn't have Sanchez, but I'll pro- I-, I would have Lukaku back at this time because, you know, we can't hear anything past the barn door. Yeah, it's interesting though, isn't it? I mean, different players suit different structures, like formations. Yeah, and also I think as well, you talk about leadership and management. If You know, if you're leading, a, you know, an office and all that and you headhunt someone and you say how much you want them and you're my guy, you know, I want you, you know, they're going to be like amazing. They're going to do their best for you. And that's yeah. what Lukaku was. Lukaku was that guy. Yeah, he definitely seems to be getting something out of him. And he's very he's definitely a temperamental player, Lukaku, but it seems like he's doing the right thing. It would be nice to be a fly on the wall and, and understand exactly what that is, because if you can get that with players that have been, you know, remember um Lukaku was at Chelsea. He got he got sent off to West Brom. He then delivers at Everton. That's when United bought him. You know, and he was still banging in goals, Lukaku, but it just wasn't enough or it wasn't, you know, the showbiz and the glitz and glam of, of, of what a United player can be seen as. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I could talk all day about United and whatever, <laughs> but he just wasn't the front man for us. He just he had a poor first touch and he just couldn't hold up the ball that well. Yeah. Interesting. I'd like to see him go on and do it into Milan, like just just to prove everyone wrong. Really, Lukaku, uh, Conte, because if he wins the league, that that could get him right back up. Because Inter Milan were were Europa League at best. So now all of a sudden he got back in the Champions League. They went out in the group stage. I know that, but you know they could be on for the title. I think they're ten points ahead of Juve now. Yeah, something like that, and they're a few points ahead of um, AC Milan. AC Milan, yeah, nice. It's on, game on, which is rare for for uh, for the Serie A because normally Juve just been running away of it for years. There you go. So going on to the next point now, not everyone might have seen this because not everyone probably knows of Newcastle. <laughs> I mean, we know Newcastle yeah. from 20, 30 years ago with Keegan, and and uh, I would love it. You know, that's that's literally the peak. And then Sir Bobby coming in and having a bit of Champions League run. But literally, Newcastle been nowhere to be seen the last 10 years or so. And the reason why I want to talk about this is Steve Bruce, who's the manager, in the 85th minute or something, he brought on a player called Matt Ritchie and he gave him a message. And when Matt Ritchie went onto the pitch, he then ended up causing such madness they ended up Wolves ended up scoring a goal and Steve Bruce ended up publicly blaming Matt Ritchie for that so what are your thoughts on that my thoughts are I mean I know it's football but you know if you and also there's been a bust up in the training ground there's been a lot of stuff said like the next day and you know Matt Ritchie's come out and apologised um, it's very, you know, whose fault was it? Was it the manager's fault for not getting his his information out there quick enough, or was it a wrong decision to bring, you know, or 
change whatever he wanted to change. Um, it's a difficult one, but as a manager, you know, he's the one that ultimately gets the blame because he's in control of the situation. He's making the changes. And yeah, you know, his member of staff, the player, didn't obviously, didn't do it quite to what he wanted. It's a, to be honest, I've looked at it a few times. It's a real difficult one to call. But what I, what is not nice is when watching the interview with Steve Bruce and, you know, now they've got, you know, uh, you know, a got mole leaked information. In yeah, leaked information, you know, a mole yep. in the camp. And, you know, now it's getting, you know, now it's just getting silly and who leaked it. You know, is Matt Ritchie going to even play again for Steve Bruce? You know, I know he's apologised, but, you know, maybe Steve Bruce has had enough. And the fact that they've got a mole there as well and someone has leaked it, you know, it's it's unfortunate for him. And it's a hard job he's got anyway, managing a club that has, you know, expectations. But, you know, he works on the tightest budget and he's got a bunch of championship players. Well, there's, there's two things here, really. First of all, does it all fall on the sword with Steve Bruce with everything that happens on the pitch? And second of all, like, would you call a player out in the public for saying that he's got this wrong? Like, do you think he handled that the right way? Well, usually when a player gets called out, you know, usually they make a, they're just not playing well or something like that. So calling a player out for this is, you know, a, a bit bizarre. I mean, this is the ultimate debate of the modern age of football, isn't it? You know, a player's too like snowflakes. You know, you dare call a player out or you dare say anything about them because, you know, they'll get the hump and they can't they can't then perform or, not, or anything. Um, yeah, you know what? Rich, Matt Ritchie's done made mistakes, so he's called him out, you know. Steve Bruce is an honest old-school manager. Um, and he's also an ex-player as well, and a very good ex-player at that. So, you know, he's called him out. That's it. Matt Ritchie's got to take it on the chin and get on with it. Yeah, I think, I mean, with Matt Ritchie, he's not a 20-year-old kid. He's 31. He's a Scottish international. I think it's it's just all come on top of him because he used to be playing a lot for Newcastle. And he's probably one of the star players there, if that can be seen as a star player. But he does put his heart and soul into it. I mean, I was I was listening to some Geordie lad in some interview on his podcast, just trying to get a bit of background on it, really. And um, and they're really digging out Steve Bruce for this whole thing because he's called out the player. He's not accepted responsibility. And then he's not kind of put his arm around Matt Ritchie as well and kind of said, look, you know, for the public eye, I had to make it look like this. It was my fault. I'm sorry. Let's try and move on from this. It's all because of that leaked information, which seen, which Steve Bruce said, this goes on every day. There's arguments continuously, but we're lads, we're players, we get on with it. It's nothing new. Exactly. People argue at the workplace. It's the same thing. Well, you, you know, saw Maguire. You saw Maguire and Rashford. You saw that? Yeah, of course. Look at yeah. Fernandez argues with the players every week. He's like, you're rubbish, you're rubbish, you're rubbish. Yeah. I'll but never forget, you, you know, he pulled out Lindelof. Yeah, it is what you want because, yeah. you know, it, might, it makes them think that they're not invincible and they need right. to improve. Can't get complacent. Can't get complacent. No, right. 100% not. So let's, let's get on to another one here because Leicester won last night. So, yeah. 
yeah. you can't have another soppy draw again for three draws in a row. Oh. It's the Manchester derby now. I think Leicester's win yesterday is actually going to get you to win today. I think you're going to do it. I think you're going to do it because you need to get top four. And if you get another draw and Chelsea win as well, I mean, it's just going to get all on top of you. So what are your thoughts? My thoughts are, um, my heart says, yeah, we'll win. My head says not a chance because as a Man United fan, we all get these expectations. We all like, oh my God, it's going to happen. Then all of a sudden we take a dip and then it goes round in a circle constantly. Our hopes go up and they come down and they go up. Oli's going into a game where for the last nine games, he's won three, lost one and, um, you know, drawn five. Yeah. I mean, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, I mean, they, I mean, it's not just about us not scoring, it's the way we're playing. Yeah. You know, and then we talk about management and leadership. What on earth is he teaching these players? Is he teaching Marcus Rashford to run in a straight line? Does the geezer not know how to shimmy left and right? Does he not understand, you know, if there's a brick wall in front of you, go around it? I mean, I mean, I speak to my mates as well about it, and it's so frustrating to watch. Every time Rashford gets the ball, he runs straight. I mean, and I'm not just picking Rashford out, you know, but other, just the whole... I mean, it was the... The most boring game to watch, that and Chelsea. All right, Chelsea, you're away. All right, yeah, it's a good point, whatever. But, you know, if we don't win against City or we draw, then, you know, Chelsea are on a form. Liverpool are going to come back. Leicester are there. We've gone from having top four sewn up by nine points, possibly, to now being in a, in a top four race. Yeah. You know, and we should be well clear. And there's 10 games to go. So what are we going to do? Yeah. And if West Ham um, get a bit of belief in themselves, they could be in oh, the Oh, please, well. please. Oh, please, leave leave me alone with West Ham. Do me a favour. I think the it'll be the biggest... The thing West Ham are going to do is blow some bubbles. I think it'll be the biggest comeback of, like, in football when, if Dave Moyers pips you to top four. That would be the best ever comeback. Well, you, you know what? Just like Everton. Everton are a game in hand. Everton win that game in hand. They're two points behind us. Yeah, exactly. Game on. I think... Which manager? Listen, which manager is going to pull it out? Which manager would you want chasing down that top four? Oli's been in this position before last year and he's done it. Yeah. But but the problem is with Oli, he's a better chaser than he is staying in a position. I feel like yeah. when we get in a position, he can't keep it. No. No, I mean, six weeks ago, we were talking about United top of the league. Yeah, now I know, but any real United fan would say, we're not going to win the title. And I saw, oh, and I saw I what City were going to do. I agree. But 15 points in three, four weeks or a month or so is pretty nuts. Yeah, you know. So you're saying, what you what's your heart saying? What's your head saying? My heart is saying, yeah, we're going to win and pull Sonny Cat and all the players are going to be 100% on top four. And my head is saying we're going to get spanked 3-0. <laughs> all right. Well, I just want to take you back to Arsenal unbeaten 50 games and you ended up doing them. So I think you're going to do them today. I think you're going to do them. That's you know my... what? As a Chelsea fan, that's very kind of you. 
Yeah. Well, look, we we beat Liverpool. So, and who have we got? Um, I can't remember who we've got now, but yeah, we beat Liverpool, so I'm happy with that. And we, we go on, we move on, we move on. Right. Next. Here is. Let's let's go. You've asked this question. So is it for me to answer or is it for you to answer? Let's have a little discussion. So should we okay? So Ash put a question forward and he said, Arteta or Solskjaer? Who is better at the moment or who's doing a better job? Is that it? Yeah, I copied this one from Talksport. Okay. All right. I mean, look, I was looking at some numbers. You know, you've you got to go to the stats, haven't you? But Arteta's won a trophy already. I take, No, actually, my yeah. thought on this was, let's take away the numbers. Let's take away everything. If you were to put those two managers in different teams, so Solskjaer didn't have the history of, of United, yeah, who would be who, who would do a better job? My thought is I feel you could put Arteta in most teams, most clubs, and he would do a better job than Solskjaer. That's that's my opinion. I think I think you're right. I think what someone said a long time ago, I mean years before. Arteta was even like Pep Guardiola's understudy was he's going to be an amazing coach. Yeah. And, you know, when Pep Guardiola come in, I think the first person he turned to was Arteta to be his number two. Yeah. Um, the, the only way I could sum it up is Arteta is a better coach, but Oli's a better manager. And what I mean by that is Arteta is good at, working individually with the players to maybe improve them and and do things. Whereas Oli's a better manager, managing a group, getting them up for games, um, getting them going, you know, uh, dealing with decisions, getting rid of players, doing this and doing that. I mean, you know, I, that, that's my personal opinion. I think one's a better coach, the other's a better manager. And I feel, you know... Arteta is doing a good job at Arsenal because, oh, my God. Oh, my God, has he got some rubbish there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, who remembers what Patrice Everest said on uh, Sky Sports when he was watching a football game with Henri and um, Arsenal were playing? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they do the line-up and Granny Xhaka's playing and Henri goes, right, we're not watching it, and he turned off the TV. Yeah, yeah. I and what did Granny Xhaka do he... yesterday? He's, yeah. I mean, it was pretty nuts. It was pretty nuts. Okay. Yeah, I mean, nothing yeah. makes me happier than Arsenal losing or drawing, though. So I'm I'm happy. But what what I think with um, Arteta is, you know, he has a plan. You know, he has a blueprint of what he wants to do. I still don't think that Solskjaer has that. Nah, and um, he's a lucky manager. He's got a lot of luck. He's trying to play a certain way. I won't go into it too much, but the way he wants to play, he hasn't got the players to play him. We need a couple of wingers, not not ex-strikers trying to be wingers. We are dying for a number seven, dying for a winger, a right winger, number seven, that can do stuff. And we've got two young boys coming through, but they're not ready for a couple of years. So who's that number seven that's going to come in? I don't think we're going to sign Sancho now. I think it'll be a waste. I think it will be Ahmed Diallo, Tiore, 
who's our young player, because everyone's going mad about him. And he is, I mean, he loves the business. And we've got Shatiri as well coming through. And these are very, very highly regarded players. Is that the kid, the first one, is that the one from Atalanta? From Atalanta, yes. Yeah. Um, just amazing, like ridiculous skill, close control, very messy esque You know, I'm not saying he is messy, but <laughs> messy esque you know. The ball doesn't, you know, the ball doesn't leave his foot. I mean, he's got to put on some weight, though. He's very lightweight. But, you know, that's why he's, he's a young boy playing in the men's, you know, the, the big boy league. So he's got to put on a couple of stone, put on some muscle and he'll be ready to go. Well, that nicely walks us into the next one here because there's no other player that came to the league so scrawny and then pumped it up in the gym, got stacked and then he just started bossing it in the league. And that is Cristiano Ronaldo. I know. Yeah, that's I can't right. even see, can't even see your face. I can't even see your face, but I know how excited you are just from speaking about uh, this. Uh, listen, uh, I love him. I followed his career the whole time. I declared my love for him in 2003 when he signed for us and he come on against Bolton and nothing's Bolton. changed. Yeah. So the question that you asked was, is... Ronaldo a role model? I'll tell you why I asked this question. Go on. When Ronaldo won the Ballon d'Or, yeah. and I said he will win a Ballon d'Or, I had loads of Arsenal mates at the time, like, Omri will win it, and I'm like, no, no. Ronaldo will win a Ballon d'Or before Omri. Prove him right. And when he won it, I was listening to TalkSport, and I think it was Stan Collymore and someone else, and they were talking about oh, is this guy a good role model, you know, the way he acts and all that? And it just infuriated me. And I remember going on the show yeah. and, you know, Stan Collimer's like, oh, what? you know, he's not a good role model. I'm like, why is he not a good role model? The geese just won the Ballon d'Or. He's won it through hard work, dedication and sacrifice. How is he not a good role model? And then you go on 10 years later, people realise now the sacrifices he makes to be that good. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know, not, so not only does... Is... Come. No, I was just saying, sorry, he's the absolute role model. You know, like, you learn so much from the guys dedicated to football. The geezer's is 36 years old. Apart from Ibrahimovic and Buffon, how many other 36-year-olds are playing at that level? He's the same age as you. Exactly. And born the same mum. And born the same month. He must be very lucky to be the same age and the same month born as you. <laughs> he messages me every day, says I'm grateful. Oh, I bet he does. I bet he does. I mean, with, with this role model thing, I think he he acts. If you act like he acts, like I, I think he doesn't he doesn't um, tell people. He shows them. He shows them how to be a role model. You know. And what I really loved was in the was in the Euros when he was injured for the final and he went on the touchline and he wanted it so badly. You could see he wanted it so badly. But, you know, you've seen him sulk before. Let's not get away from the fact he does sulk, but he wants to win so badly. But on yeah. that touchline, he was amazing. He, he pretty much was the manager at that point because... All you've got to see are those players that have come through now for Portugal, and it's pretty much all because of him. You look at that Felix, you look at Fernandes, you look at the, the, all those players which are playing for Wolves. You know, like, 
that is an unbelievable team. Do they have a chance at a World Cup with him? Yeah, a much higher chance than what they, what Messi does with uh, with Argentina because he's inspired a nation. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, he is. You know, with Messi, the biggest. Not only is he like like Messi, the biggest football icon ever. And you know, there's all these like you know players like the Ronaldo's. Um, like the old Ronaldo, Ronaldinho's, um, Omri's and Rooney's and all these great players. But yeah. you're looking, and I'll put Messi in there, you're looking at two of the best players you won't see for a very, very long time with what they've done. Well, that's that's the discussion now, isn't it, with Mbappe and, and Harden, let's see. But I think... Talking about Ronaldo, what really sprung to mind right now, actually, again, is that Euros final and they went to penalties against France. And I don't know if you remember this, but no one was stepping up to take a penalty and Ronaldo couldn't because he'd already gone off. And he literally called over two of the players. He said, guys, you take the penalty. If you miss, you miss. That is what it is. Don't worry about it. Like, it is what it is. You know, and... For somebody who wants it so badly to kind of step away from how desperately he wants it, to motivate those players to then step up and take that penalty, that there is an inspiring moment. And in the dressing room after, he put the trophy on the stand and he had had that speech in front of all the players. And again, like such an incredible speech to do. I don't think you'd see that with most players like that. So if you want to get inspired, if you're a role model, is you watch stuff like that with Ronaldo and it is inspiring. So, yeah, he is a role model. Wait a minute. I don't think it did go to penalties. They won in extra time. No, they had to take penalties. And he called oh, them over. Oh, we'll have to have a... Dis- no, it went extra time. <laughs> right. Whoever's listening to this, the millions of listeners oh. that we have, yeah, what did it go yeah, to? Penalties two. or... I'm 100%. I'm, I'm sure it was the Don't final. Don't you remember some geezer called Edgar, yeah. who was a Swansea reject or someone, scored a long-range shot and they won 1-0? So what... They, they definitely went through to penalties. It might have been the semis, maybe. Then, but he wasn't playing Ronaldo. And he played in the semis. It was the final. 100% it was the final. Because I think in the semis, he smashed Wales. Right, we'll have to have a look at this and we'll have to come back to it next week. You have to tune in next week, guys, to find out, did Ronaldo watch Ronaldo in the penalties? 100%, it was definitely he inspired them to, to take the penalties, but was it the final? Oh, no, he definitely inspired them. Yeah. Right, so let's, let, let's draw this to a close now. Let's draw this to a close because oh. we know we've got an audience of uh, only an attention span of about 20 minutes. So, management decision of the week. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, um, I always try and base this on result of the week. Um, oh God, I don't know, like, I, I don't know, like, I think, I think, I think too short because they went away at Anfield. I know they're on a losing streak, but you know, they beat them one nil. Um, and Liverpool just won a game, so confidence was high. And he made a decision to, you know, he, he even said the decision beginning of the game to play Werner and stretch him. And it sort of worked to a point and Werner almost scored. But they ended up winning the game. 
that's probably not the best manager of the week decision I've come up with. It's the only one I can think of at the minute. My okay. apologies. No worries. You have to you have to deliver better next week. But still, I mean, if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. I think decisions are going to really sit in the next couple of games, really. You've got Chelsea playing, United playing, City playing, um, Spurs as well. So there's some big games this weekend still to come. So I can yeah, definitely understand. Fun and games. Yeah. But we're we'll after we'll have to I think is it Champions League next week? Second uh, legs? Yeah, Second Champions League. League. And I think yeah, Champions League, Europa League. You know, we, yeah. you've got to remember the lesser teams like United in the Europa League. That is true. But you know, it could get your Champions League spot because West Ham might beat you to fourth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, mate. We'll see. <laughs> Look, keep forever yeah. blowing bubbles, yeah. Hundred percent. All right, let me just round this up. So, Ash, thanks for being on the show. I think love it. We are getting better at this. I think the topics are getting great. If you want to come up with a couple of topics again for next week, hit me up and we'll we'll discuss this. But guys, if you're listening, give it a like, give it a share, to spread it around. This is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I've got no doubt about it because what it is is something you guys do, which is have a chat, have an opinion about what you think the league's happening, what managers do, why is this happening. And it's just a general discussion. Now, opinions are like our souls. Everyone's got one. And that's us signing off. So thanks a lot. And we will see you next week. Nice one, Ash. Cheers, mate.